And when I got home, the paramedics were working on him in the, uh, in the living room. He was on the floor. And um, he never got a chance to do what he wanted to do. He wound up passing away. So um, fast forward and you get this dream. I had the dream. Six, seven years back. Yeah, it was a while. I woke up and I told my wife, I looked at my wife. Now, meanwhile, I was working at the diner at the time. And I told my wife, I said, I had a dream of my dad. He was in a truck. I'm going to say a hot dog truck, hot dog cart. I think it was a truck. And he told me exactly what he used to tell me when I was a kid. If you want to make money, open up a hot dog truck. You got to open up a hot dog truck. And don't, yeah, everything's got to be cash, 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 cash. So I looked at her and I said, I'm going to open up a, a hot dog truck. She looked at me like I was crazy. She said, what? I said, I'm going to do a hot dog. I'm going to own a hot dog truck. I'm going to name it Sonny's Hot Dogs. My dad's nickname was Sonny. I'm going to name it Sonny's Hot Dogs. And that's what I did. I wound up leaving the diner, and um, I wound up buying a trailer. Guy was selling it. It was a hot dog trailer. It was like it, it, it appeared in the back parking lot of the diner when I was working one night. I so literally I was, at the diner, someone pulled up in a, yeah, and it was a hot dog there. trailer. I was actually go walking with one of the cooks to dump the oil, and I was just taking a walk with him, and we were in the back parking lot. I look over there. There's a hot dog trailer for sale. And I said, you got to be kidding me, you know? So I took the number down, I called the guy, and I wound up buying the trailer off of him. So I went out and I bought a, a Ford Expedition. I bought it off of some guy in Tom's River off of Craigslist. And I used that to pull the trailer. And I wound up getting a spot in, uh, in, old, in uh, English Town on Route 516 near Raceway Park. Yep. And I was there, I did the, uh, the, hot, dog the hot dog trailer there for like a little over two years. And then I moved and I went up to Madison Park in Oldbridge. And I was there for almost three years. And um, from that moment on, I did the hot dog truck. I loved it. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Dave, cheers. We got our water. We had to go late here. Uh, the rain, the rain was holding us out, dude. Thank God it stopped. It stopped, and we were able to get it in. You know, we are so busy recently with, you know, events in the pit and other stuff with the podcast. Uh, there was a few weeks that we missed there, and we want to try to stay consistent. So right. I appreciate you holding out and going to grab a cup of hey. coffee. And yeah. we've been shooting the shit for a while, actually, before we even got this started. You know, for anybody who watches this, that is maybe from your ecosystem, I'll call it this show is about turning around and helping other people right everybody comes from different walks of life different stories different trials different tribulations and you're a guy who's been through it you know we're you know, been through a lot yeah yeah we, we we heard a lot of your story the last hour kind of hanging out and chit-chatting and uh i want to tell a little bit about your story um we have guys on here with 100 million dollars of revs and we have guys on here with you know very small businesses making just six figures right, right. And we want to give everybody love and give everybody promotion. So that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. um, I have not had a Sonny's hot dog yet. <laughs> I'm a hot dog connoisseur. My good friend Phil Rizzo, his father, and his uncle Sal used to own Boardwalk Hot Dogs in Brick. Okay. Years and years ago. Uh, I'm a big Thuman's guy. Okay. Or, or Boar's Head. Um, I am going to get over to Sonny's. But I want to tell a little bit of your story. All so right. thank you for being yeah, here. Anytime, anytime. So grew up, born and raised Jersey City. Correct. Um, the age of 17, your father passed away, Correct. massive heart attack, 50 yes. years old. He was very well connected. And we'll leave it at that inside of Jersey city, mm -hmm. um, inside the town, the mayor at your father's funeral came up to you and said, Hey, 
let's let's get you a job. Right. So you go into the water department. You do that for a good amount of years, 20 years. You 20 bounce, years. Bouncing around, you know, not a bad gig. You're nope. doing something good. Actually, it was good. It was good, good times. I'd do it all over again if I could. I'd do it all over again. You were probably, when you decided to try to go into the academy, how old were you at that age? 35, 36? 30, 36. I was 35 when I went to the academy the first time with the state. Yeah, 35. So from 17 years old, you know, a lot of people who go and work for the town or work for the city or work for the state, you know, 17 years old to 35, you've now been doing this 17, 18 years. It's yeah. a long time. Yep. You know, it's you, a long time. You get, you get bored of it. I so know. you're like, I'm going to do something more. You always yeah. wanted to be a cop. Yeah, because a lot of buddies of mine are police officers, uh, family members, you know, and stuff like that. It was just something I always wanted to do since I was a little kid, you know. So you're like, screw it, I, you know, I got a family. Now, you have a wife and three kids at the time. Correct, yeah, you kids go, were young. You go into the academy, you take a leave of absence from Jersey City, someone rats on you. <laughs> they make you retire officially. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that story going into the, uh, the academy. Well, it was when I went in the academy and... Uh, I was, I was the oldest in my class at the time, and uh, I, had, I was in the academy, and I got a word from the uh, city of Jersey City, the water department. Uh, somebody opened up there, because you're not supposed to, because I took a leave of absence. Not supposed to take a leave of absence, work a second job. I kind of knew it, but I did it anyway. And um, when I was, at that time, I, I thought about things differently and stuff like that. I was a different person. and. Um, I got a letter stating I had to go back to Jersey City and uh, talk to the, uh, the mayor's office and stuff like that. So I went back and they told me, listen, you either have to come back or go on doing what you're doing. So I kind of got a little angry and I wound up uh, retiring from the city early. And I left and I went into the academy. And I did the academy uh, at the age of 35 years old, 35 going on 36. And um, I went in and I lasted about six weeks in with them. And I wound up getting uh, thrown out of the academy for weapons possession. Which was a stupid pocket knife on your keys. Pocket knife on the keychain. That turned into a big thing that lasted a couple of years. Um, and I'm going to talk about that real quick. You, you had to go to court. They had discharged you. You're now, you have kids at home. They're not giving up on their story. You come back. The lieutenant at the time tells you, hey, we were actually wrong, but we already filed the paperwork. So it is what it is. That doesn't sit right with a guy no. like you. And the reason I'm pointing this out for anybody who's watching is we go through these different turbulent times in our life and you never know where it's going to lead you to where you're happy now, right? You oh, got, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, it actually, I'm a big believer, a big believer. In everything happens for a reason in life. You know, it might, it might be good. It might be bad. You don't know. I mean, it could be really bad. And you're not going to know what it's about. But sooner or later, you're going to find out, you know. And if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am now. I know I wouldn't be where I am now. So you go and you win this eventually. They have to pay you all this back pay. Mm -hmm. They reinstate you. You're now 40. For, yeah, 40, 42. F 42 years old 42 going years back old. through the academy now. You get your back pay. You never got it. Oh, you never got it. You never, <laughs> never got it at all. Never got it, no. I kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and they kept telling me, you're going to get it, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. I had a, a written court order. $78,000 in back pay, and to this day, I'll give you one even better. They never even gave me a preliminary hearing to, dish, to release me legally. No never shit. even gave it to me. They never took my nothing. They, 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 they never took my ID. They never took my badge. Nothing. They just wanted me out. They wanted me out, so 
I got my ID, I got my badge sitting home at my house. And uh, I said to my attorney at the time, I says, you know, what do I do with this? He says, hold it. I says, why do I have it? He says, because you never got a preliminary hearing. And in order to, for them to take that back, you have to have that hearing and nobody ever gave it to you. I said, so basically I'm still employed. He says, well, if you want to open up a can of worms, I guess you could if you really want to. But, you know, my wife had a lot to do with me not going back and not pursuing it. Because I, I could have really, if I really wanted to, I was low on the cash because you need attorneys. And I didn't have the cash to do it. And it was just too much. Of a, I seen what I was putting my wife through and my kids and everything. And I just said, you know, it's time to move on. Yeah, so you had, you had two battles with them, though. Yeah. The first battle was them kicking you out of the academy. You won that. And then you got your job. They send you out to a place. The guy that you had beef with at the academy, his buddy's the captain out there. Mm -hmm. And you, you run into an instance there. You get into a fight. You hurt your knee. You're out on workman's comp. SLI and, and, and workman's comp. I was out a little over two years total. And then you fought them again there because they wanted to discharge you. They were actually caught manipulating the paperwork and they yeah. walk away with a... They falsified my medical records. Yeah, and, yeah. and you walk away with a little bit of cash and you start working at the family's diner. And again, for those watching, his story was really good. We actually should have been filming when <laughs> you were talking over there. You have some of the good details right. and kind of just how you talk and you get excited about this stuff. But the reason I wanted to give that backstory is to let people know you never know where your destination is. You never no. give up, especially wanting to be a business owner. This led you to going to work for yeah. your wife's family diner, which is a Greek diner. You went in there to do security. It was in Newark. They had some tough times Friday, Saturday, Sundays. So you went in there. Slowly but surely, you're doing inventory, you're, you're overseeing the kitchen, mm -hmm. and it kind of got you into that world of food. It, yeah, you, you, I, I kind of liked it, you know. And, uh, you know, seeing my father-in-law there, because he used to be there a lot of times with me, and uh, he used to tell me, oh, you're you, married to this place, I'm married. That's all he did was work. He had one day off a week. And my father-in-law worked a midnight shift, so he would go in at 10 o'clock at night, and he wouldn't get out until 7 in the morning. And uh, he had opportunities to go on days, evenings. You no, know, he stood on the midnights. And I, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. He's 85 years old now. He, uh, no, 83 years old now, I'm sorry. And uh, he stopped working about maybe six, seven years ago. My wife and my brother-in-laws had to like basically hold him down to stop him from working because he's a workaholic. And uh, I know where my wife gets it from. My wife's a workaholic. And um, they wind up, Dad, stay home, stay home, stay home. And uh, he constantly, one day, well, he had off on Wednesdays. I remember when I used to date my wife, I used to go over there, I used to be home on Wednesday nights. And, uh, but yeah, he was doing six days a week for well over 40 years. Uh, how he did it, I don't know how he did it, but he's, he's, he's a strong man. Yeah. yeah. They made him different back then. Yeah. yeah. They didn't Old believe, man club. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't believe in being sick. Yeah. If you were sick, you went to work. Yeah. That's, that's how they were. And that's how my wife is today. I mean, that's how I am. I, yeah. I got bills. I own companies. I do this. Like, it's me. Yeah. You know, I have a team of people, obviously, but it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm the main driving face, factor, voice. Yeah. I got to get up and work. <clears throat> you got it. And my wife's the same way. You know, when I was with the city of Jersey City, they gave us sick time and vacation time. And I would get up, uh, you know, my throat's bothering me. Or, you know, I just, ah, I'm calling out sick. What do you mean you're calling out sick? You can't, you can't be home. I was like, you know what? I should have went to work. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Because I, I listen to her complain all day about me. <laughs> and I'm getting paid. They give me the time. She goes, yeah, I know, but you know, save it, save it. Workaholic, workaholic. My wife was pregnant with all three of my children and went through college pregnant with all three kids and went all the way to get her master's degree. Pregnant. Tough woman. And I don't know how the hell she did it. And worked a full-time job. And she worked, she was, so she worked a full-time job. She went to college and she had raised three kids. And to this day, I said, God, man, I, God bless her. And she's a very strong woman. And she's, even till today, she works. Strong to deal with you. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah, but that, that's, how the, uh, that's how they are, especially Greek people. Yeah. The Greeks, uh, you know, they, they, they're workaholics, man. I got to hand it to them. Yeah, they, uh, they, they definitely are. Yeah. They go to work. So you're learning the restaurant business. You're starting to enjoy it. You obviously want to do your own thing. At what point did you say, hey, I want to start Sonny's? Talk a little bit first about your father's dream back when he was young and you mm -hmm. guys would go hit the hot dog stands in Jersey City. Growing up as a kid in Jersey City, my dad used to, uh, my dad knew a lot of people. Up in Jersey City back in the 70s, basically almost on every corner, there would be a hot dog cart. And everywhere I went out with my dad, Everybody knew who he was, everywhere I go. So, I, you know, I used to take me to all the hot dogs. He used to go and talk to people, and I used to go to the hot dog stands, and they used to give me hot dogs. And uh, never had to pay for them, you know. They, they would hand me the hot dogs. I would eat the hot dogs and stuff like that. And he would always tell me, uh, if you ever want to make a lot of money, he goes, no, he goes, that's going to be me one day. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Dad? He's like, I'm going to have my own hot dog stand one day. He goes, that's what I want to do, that's what I want to do. And I'm like, you know... I'm young, seven, eight years old. And I'm like, oh, you want to do hot dogs? That's fine. You know, I didn't know anything. So he's like, you, you want to make money, you got to do it. He goes, all these guys I know that own these hot dog stands, he says, they're loaded with money. They got money. They got a lot of money all in their pocket, you know. And I was like, all right, all right. And I kept remember him saying that and saying that. And even when I was home at the house growing up with my mom and with him in the house, he used to talk to my mom about it, how he always wanted to do it. And uh, that's all he kept talking about. He says, when I the day that comes that I retire... I'm going to have a, a hot dog truck. So I said, all right. So he was uh, pursuing that. He was working. And then um, when he was with the city, he had like, he was retiring soon. He didn't say when, but at the age of like 47 years old, he started developing health problems. And he went to the doctors and they found out that he had a heart disease. I was young at the time. Um, but my dad was the type of guy, he really didn't talk much about anything, like about, he was very to himself, you know, a thick-headed Italian man, you know, never went, did, never wanted to go to doctors, never did anything. For him to go to the doctor, it, it was, he was bad, you know, because that's how he was. So he found out that he had heart disease, he had an enlarged heart, and he was on tons of medication, and uh, the doctors told him that he needed a, a triple bypass. This is about 1983, 1984. And uh, the doctors came out. Now, back then, bypass surgery, you know, wasn't big like, like it is today. Yeah. Today, you know, forget it. You know, but back then, the doctor told them, you know, it's a 50-50 shot. We put you on the table, you know, there's a 50-50 shot. So my dad heard that. He didn't care. He smoked three packs of cigarettes a day. That didn't hold him back. He kept smoking his cigarettes. He says, well, I'll tell you this. He says, when I take my first heart attack... He says, you can cut me open and make all your repairs that you have to make. Now, during all this, your dad still had this dream. He, he went and built this truck that he sat was, in front of your house. Yeah, he, he was got getting ready truck. for that hot dog truck. He had the truck out in front of the house. He did all his paperwork. He got all his permits because he knew what he wanted to do. 
And he was due to retire because he, he was just tired of what he was doing, you know, with the politics and all that stuff. So he had the truck outside. I remember he, he actually spray painted the truck with a can of spray paint. He spray painted it black. And he was, all, he was like a little kid with this. And he was something he always wanted to do. And the truck sat out there. And then um, when he was, we, he was 50 years old, 1985, we had, every Sunday we would have dinner at the house. The family would come over. And we had dinner. He was at the table eating. Everything was good. I had left. Um, and I went to drive my girlfriend home. And when I got to her house, her mom was at the window. And she said, your sister's on the phone. She's crying. I think something's wrong. Something happened at your house. So I ran upstairs. I got on the phone. She says, I think daddy died. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, I just left him. He was fine. She goes, he's, he's not responding. So I flew back home. It was only about a half a mile. And when I got home, the paramedics were working on him in the, uh, in the living room. He was on the floor. And um, he never got a chance to do what he wanted to do. He wound up passing away. So um, fast forward and you get this dream. I had the dream. Six, seven years back. Yeah, it was a while. I woke up and I told my wife, I looked at my wife. Now, meanwhile, I was working at the diner at the time. And I told my wife, I said, I had a dream of my dad. He was in a truck. I'm going to say a hot dog truck, hot dog cart. I think it was a truck. And he told me exactly what he used to tell me when I was a kid. If you want to make money, open up a hot dog truck. You got to open up a hot dog truck. And don't, everything's got to be cash, 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 cash. So I looked at her and I said, I'm going to open up a, a hot dog truck. She looked at me like I was crazy. She said, what? I said, I'm going to do a hot dog. I'm going to own a hot dog truck. I'm going to name it Sonny's Hot Dogs. My dad's nickname was Sonny. I'm going to name it Sonny's Hot Dogs. And that's what I did. I wound up leaving the diner, and um, I wound up buying a trailer. Guy was selling it. It was a hot dog trailer. It was like it, it, it appeared in the back parking lot of the diner when I was working one night. I so literally I was, at the diner, someone pulled up in a, yeah, and it was a hot dog there. trailer. I was actually go walking with one of the cooks to dump the oil and I was just taking a walk with him, and we were in the back parking lot. I look over there, there's a hot dog trailer for sale. And I said, you got to be kidding me, you know? So I took the number down, I called the guy, and I wound up buying the trailer off of him. So I went out and I bought a, a Ford Expedition. I bought it off of some guy in Tom's River off of Craigslist. And I used that to pull the trailer. And I wound up getting a spot in, uh, in, old, in uh, English Town on Route 516 near Raceway Park. Yep. And I was there, I did the, uh, the, hot dog the hot dog trailer there for like a little over two years. And then I moved and I went up to Madison Park in Old Bridge. And I was there for almost three years. And um, from that moment on, I did the hot dog truck, I loved it. The thing with the hot dog truck, seasonal. Yeah. Once, you know, December. Once it's too cold. Yeah, I mean, November wasn't bad. December, January, February, forget about it. You might have just closed up, you know? Yeah. I mean, you get your customers, your loyal customers. But you ain't putting no table out no, there. People coming yeah. and sitting and eating like they normally do in the summer. I played music. I had the music playing. I had a TV screen. They used to sit and watch TV, listen to the music. I hooked it up because I wanted the people to feel comfortable. So I went and got picnic tables. I had four picnic tables. I had everybody sitting out there. I had the music playing, you know, and, uh, and I enjoyed doing it. It was just that it was, you know, it's seasonal, you know, and I did that. And then uh, I went home one day and I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to open up a, a restaurant. She's like, oh, here we go. I said, I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going I'm to put the, the trailer on, on uh, Craigslist. I said, I'm going to list it on Craigslist. I'm going to give it two weeks. She's like, all right, watch. I said, if I sell it in two weeks, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to open up a restaurant. If I don't sell it in two weeks, I'll continue what I'm doing. She goes, go ahead, do what you want to do. I put it on Craigslist. I sold it in three days. <laughs> I sold it to a woman from Rhode Island. 
She came down with her husband, and she, she got back to Newport. Love Rhode Island. Yeah, she was from Rhode. And I said, "You're coming from Rhode?" She goes, "I'm coming from Rhode Island." She comes down, and they looked at it. They said, "Right, listen, we're gonna go grab lunch." I had to tell them where to go. They didn't know where they were going. I sent them to the deli. They wound up getting sandwiches, and they came back with the cash. Whatever. I don't know if she had it on her. Went to the bank. Whatever she did, but she came back with the cash. I took five hundred dollars off for her, and she bought the trailer for me. And my wife was working at the time. So when I came home, she thought I was out with the truck, you know, because it wasn't in the driveway. She came in the house. She goes, where's the trailer? I said, I sold it. She goes, are you kidding me? She goes, that fast? I said, yeah. She goes, what are you going to do now? I said, I don't know. She goes, what do you mean you don't know? You know what you're going to do. She goes, you're going to get your ass out there and you're going to go find a place because you're not sitting home. So now I'm a nervous wreck. Now I'm scared chicks. I never, I never, you know, I was working on a truck, no overhead, eight by 10 trailer, you know. So I said, now I got to look for a restaurant. I got to look for a place, you know. So I started mall shopping, and I wanted to find it a place. And from that moment on, you know. Now, where are you located now? Right now, I'm in Belmar. I'm in the Belmar Plaza uh, between 8th and 10th Ave. Which, so, give, so people who may know the area, obviously a lot of people from the shore watch this. It's, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of, uh, I always use them because they're a big, pretty big place, 10th uh, Ave Burrito. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm going to say seven, store, seven stores down. Got it. Seven units down from them. They're at the end, and then you got a few other units. They, they called it, um, uh, what the hell did they call it? Uh, uh, the more, the, something with the best food, the best food in, in Belmar, like a uh, food, food, uh, restaurant alley, that's what it was called. Yeah. Restaurant alley. New Jersey uh, went there. Genovese, I don't know if you heard yeah, of the guy Genovese, yeah. he went there, he did uh, articles on us and all that stuff, and they called it Restaurant Alley. I got it, maybe, maybe tomorrow or, uh, maybe tomorrow we'll go there for lunch, get a really good workout in the morning. Yeah. Will we be by. open tomorrow for lunch? Yeah, we're open. we open at 11 o'clock. So how long has the store been open, five years? November 1st will be five years, yeah, yeah November 1st. I got the store, believe it or not, I was down there, we went down to look at a place, and um, there was this... Uh, there was this barbecue place that was down there. And right next to the barbecue place was a vacant unit. Isn't Jersey Shore barbecue? Jersey Shore barbecue. Yeah. Right next to them, there was a vacant unit. It was 4,200 square feet, way much bigger than what I needed. And um, that was the only unit that was open. You know, it had the things in the window, you know, vacancy and all this available. So I went in and I looked at it. I was such in a, in a hurry to do this. I said, you know what? I'm taking it. You know, I didn't know much about it. I said, I'm taking it. And... Um, Jersey Shore Barbecue, they didn't know who I was. So when they found out that I wanted to go there, they, and I understand competition, they didn't like the idea of it. So a phone call was made to the landlord. We don't want them next to us. So they, they actually asked me, what are you going to do if you come in? Because you can't, you can't do other people's food. Yeah. So they, they allow you to do 20% of somebody else's menu. That's it. So I said, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, sausage, peppers, and onions, Italian hot dogs. So the landlord approved it. He says, all right, you know what? I'll approve it. Jersey Shore Barbecue, they did do hamburgers and all that stuff. But their stuff was, a lot of their stuff was barbecue, barbecue smoked. stuff, yeah. Smoked. So it was a different type of food, different tasting food, you know. And we, I didn't do much of his food. Basically, it was the, the burgers. That was really it. I didn't do brisket. I didn't do ribs, you know. So they allowed me to go over there. But he, he put a complaint that he didn't want me there. So they wound up calling me back and they said, listen, we can't, uh, we can't accommodate you. We can't put you there. We're sorry. I said, all right. My kids, my oldest son, Anthony, and my, son, my, uh, my daughter, Nicole. Dad, you got to go in Belmar. That's what made me go to Belmar. I knew nothing about Belmar. I'm not a short person. Born and raised in Jersey City. You know, I live in Sayville. 
Like, I, I didn't know what a lawn, we didn't have grass in Jersey City, so I, I'm not, none of that. So I never hung out in Belmar. Growing up, I used to go to Seaside and Ortley Beach and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I'm going back in the 80s and 90s, you know, so I didn't really didn't know much about Belmar. My son kept telling me, Dad, you got to go to Belmar, you got to go to Belmar. So in my head, I'm saying, well, the rent is going to be through the roof because it's Belmar. It's a very busy town. I said, so I don't think we're going to be able to do it, you know. So, But that place opened up, and I tried, and it didn't work out. So about two weeks after that, I got a phone call. I was out with my wife, and the phone rang. I'm the type of person, if you call me, and I don't have you in my phone, and a number comes up, and I don't know who you are, not that I don't want to talk to you, but if it's important, you'll leave me a message, and I'll call you back. Because I, I, I really don't like picking up the phone and talking to people. I don't, I've always been that way. So I said, whoever it is, they'll leave me a message. And when I got home, I listened to the message. It was this guy, uh, his name was Ron. He said, my name is Ron so-and-so, Ron Katz, his name was. He goes, my name is Ron Katz. He says, I, uh, I own a tanning salon in the Belmar Strip Mall. He says, I'm interested if you want to, you know, if you, somebody told me you were interested in purchasing, uh, renting one of the stores, if you want to give me a call. So I said to my wife, I said, it's a tanning salon. I don't want a tanning salon. What am I going to do with a tanning salon? not knowing that he was trying to get out of his lease. Yeah, he was, he was looking. He's looking to get out of his lease. So the landlord told him, if you can find somebody to come in and guarantee me somebody to rent it, we'll let, we'll, you, go. We'll, we'll let you go and we'll terminate your lease and we'll start a new one with this, with this guy. So I called him back and I talked to him and I wound up going down there the next day. I said, how big is, I needed, I needed at least 1,200 square feet. So I said, how big is the, uh, the place? Now, when you walked in this place, it was a long hallway, and he was sitting at a little desk in the corner, and there was rooms all on the right-hand side and all on the left-hand side. They were all tanning rooms. Yeah. So all I'm looking at is a long hallway from the front door to the back door, and he, him sitting at it. I says, there's no way I'm putting a, you know, a restaurant in this place. He said, I said, how big is it? He goes, 1,621 square feet, 1,621 6, square feet. I said, all right, well, it's actually bigger than what I need. I says, but the rooms were throwing me off. Yeah. So I kept going back and going back for like two weeks with a measuring tape. And I'm doing this all myself, and I'm measuring and measuring. He was such a nice guy. He let me go in. He let me measure all the rooms. And I, now I'm trying to picture it because when you go into a, if you go into a place and it's open, you can, you can, you can, visualize. On a page. You can yeah. visualize where you want things. I'm looking at a, a hallway with all these rooms, and I'm like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you needed to plow the rooms over yeah. and start fresh. I didn't know what to do here. You know, so the landlord, I said to them, I said, you know what, I'll think about it. It was uh, the beginning of May of uh, 2018. I said, I'll think about it. And um, the, the realtor wound up calling me, and he says, what do you think about the place? I said, well, it's big enough. I said, I just don't know how I'm going to do this with all the rooms. They said, let us know what you need, and we'll take care of it. I said, well, what do you mean by that? He says, what, you, what do you need done in the place? I said, I want to be honest with you. I need everything ripped out. Now, I didn't think they were going to go for it. They says, what do you mean by it? I said, everything you see in there, every room in there. Now, the rooms were numbered. One, two, three, four, five. And I said, I, I need every room ripped out but room number eight. Room number eight was a tanning room. And I knew in my head, I said, I can use that as a bathroom for the customers. I said, I need everything ripped out and give me, leave me room number eight. He says, all right. He goes, what do you want on the walls? I says, I don't want nothing on the walls. Leave the walls. Because in my mind, I know what I, I'm very handy with things, like building stuff. And, and I says, I know what I want to do. I says, leave me the wall. What color paint you want? I said, I don't want no paint. He says, well, when we rip the rooms down, everything's going to be destroyed. I said, leave it that way. I says, while you're at it, rip up the tile off the floor too. I said, can you do that for me? 
He says, okay. He says, what do you want us to put down? I says, I want the concrete. He says, so basically you want us to give you an unfinished unit, which we normally don't do. We normally put floors down and we paint the walls. You don't want none of that. I says, no. They says, well, we're going to have to have you sign something because if we turn it over to you like that, you got to accept it. I said, all right, no problem. So they ripped everything down. They ripped, everything was ripped down. I walked in there. There was one room standing there. And I'm looking at the place, and my wife's looking at me, my son's looking at me. He's like, Dad, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to get to work, and we're going to put this place together. I don't have the money to have contractors come in and do all this. Yeah, I don't have the money to do it. got to bootstrap it. So I says, we're going to do this. So my son's looking at me. He's like, Dad, are you serious? I said, we're going to do this. So I wind up building my tables. The walls, I went and bought uh, the paneling that looked like brick. It looks like brick. I bought that. I bought plywood, sanded the plywood down. I put the plywood right on the wall. And then next to, and I, I stained it. And then next to that piece of plywood, I put a paneling of brick. Then I did plywood and then a paneling of brick. So I got brick paneling. Cool. You know, and I, I stained everything. <clears throat> so the walls I did myself. The ceiling was the drop ceiling, the white. Went to Home Depot. We rented the sprayer. We went up spraying the ceiling all black. And uh, we started measuring stuff. And I, I went out and I bought all the uh, equipment. I, I wound up getting all the equipment, charged everything on credit cards. <sighs> Still paying them. Charged everything on credit cards, got all the equipment, put all the equipment. I, I drew it out how yeah, I stop wanted you to quick, do this. But that's what it takes to get, get to a dream, man. Like, it does. No matter what the, what the level of risk that you're taking, you have to go all in. You have to. Like, you got to go take the risk. You got to load the credit cards. You got to play the game with tax, whatever it may be. You need to go throw it on the line to go chase down that dream exactly. and that financial freedom. How I knew is that I went to buy furniture. For the place and when i went and bought went to look at the furniture just the tables and the chairs alone were like eighteen thousand dollars oh yeah it's expensive and i'm like this is meanwhile i don't even have a kitchen equipment and i said there's no way i can do this I how said, many grills do you have in the place now grills uh flat top i have yeah. a flat i have one big flat top 48 inch i have three deep fryers i have uh the stove the stove i have a steam table i have a Regular grills, countertop grills. How many tables do you have in the place? Tables that uh, people sit at. We got a total. I built. We have nine tables. I have a total of three tables uh, that hold two people up against the wall. I have two bars with bar stools that I have. And I have uh, four tables outside. And it's all full service? Yeah. Yeah, How many employees do you guys have in there? Employees? Yeah. It's all family. Me, my son Anthony, my brother-in-law Billy. My son, John, my daughter, Nicole, and I got my daughter's two friends, uh, Alyssa and Anna, who work the front and help us out. That's all I got. That's awesome. That's all I got. It's all family. Uh, great. It's awesome. They now, say, a lot of dinner traffic? Is it mainly lunch traffic? It's both. Down in Belmar, it's, uh, you, get, you get your lunch crowd. You get, we open at 11. We'll probably that get lunch off. Lunch crowd helps, man. Oh, lunch crowd. In the, in the summertime, it's totally insane. It's totally insane. We get a lunch crowd. We open the doors at 11. Probably by 11, 10, 11, 15, we got our first order coming in. And from that moment on, it won't stop probably till around maybe 3.30. What is your, what is your number one thing that people go for there? Italian hot dog. Italian hot dog. Yeah, that, that's Italian your... hot dog. That's, that's my pride and joy. I love making that, you know, because I grew up on them. Yeah. When I moved down here, like when I said I moved to say, when I moved down here, I was, I couldn't find the food nowhere, you know. I tell you, I used to go to... I used to drive back to Jersey City to get Italian sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And I would tell my wife I'm going to Home Depot. 
She's like, all right, listen, you're gone three hours. What are you doing? Yeah. And I didn't want to tell her because she used to yell at me. Why are you going all the way yeah, up there? Idiot. <laughs> yeah, I used to go up there for pizza. I'm like, you got to. I said, I can't find nothing down here. I don't. I don't, I don't My wife's food. away on her own little trip right now, but she's from <laughs> Long Island. She says the same shit all the time. She's like, I can't stand the pizza down here. Horrible. You, you, you know, the pizza place doesn't have a good salad or yeah. a good dinner. So, uh, so she I used feels to go your up pain. There, and I was gone, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, all right, listen, I'm going. And she goes, are you out of your mind? What is wrong with you? I says, I can't eat the food down here. So when I opened this, I said, you know what? I'm going to bring back what I was raised on up in Jersey City. Sausage, peppers, and onions, Italian hot dogs, regular hot dogs, burgers, and stuff like that. I don't use patties. I don't, I don't, we bake our burgers. Everything we make, we got eight-ounce burgers. We mix them. We, we season them ourselves. We press them. And we serve. We have eight-ounce burgers. All, everything's fresh. I even take the... My customers love me, all right? I, I'm a good person. Because a lot of people, you tell them, listen, I'm, I'm serving fresh burgers, we make them. Whether they believe you or not is on them, but a lot of them say, yeah, okay, yeah, you serve it. You know what I mean? But you could tell when the burger comes out because it's not like, I take the raw meat already pressed and I'll bring it out and show the customers. And they're like, wow, you really do make your burger. I said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, when it comes to food with me, I don't want to be screwed over on food, you know, if I, and I'll pay, I'll pay to eat good food and I don't want to be lied to, you know, and, and if the food's good, so I, I try to make the customers, what I tell them is the truth. And I, want I think them to you're believe a perfect me. guy to own a hot dog, a deli, a right. restaurant, I a enjoy bar. It. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I really do love it. My, my main thing, and believe it or not, I love making the food. I love serving the customers. But the most important part is seeing the smile on their face when they're eating it. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah, like I made that Yeah, And it, it, I sit in my office, I have cameras and I have my monitor and I sit at my desk and I watch the customers. Another thing in my on my on my walls inside my restaurant, I have all old 1970 TV shows that I grew up on. Oh, that's cool. all right. I brought my place to a place to bring me back to my childhood. Yeah. You know, so when I'm in my my restaurant. When, I'm, when I go, when I think back... It's like what you I, remember with your dad. Exactly. I was ready to say that. Because when I, when I think of my dad, I get happy. When I meet people that knew my dad, I get happy. So when I, when I says, I got to make my restaurant, because my memories with my father was when I was young. I used to watch Abbott and Costello. I used to watch uh, All in the Family. Those. So I got all these old pictures on my wall. So when I sit in my office and I watch the people eat the food, and this is the honest to God truth. I'm not lying. You can ask my kids they actually take pictures of the food before they eat it. Yeah. Because my burgers are like this. Yeah. My burgers are huge. And they take pictures of the food, and while they're waiting for the food, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law Billy, he's been with my sister since I've been five years old. And my brother-in-law Billy, like he'll say to me, hey, hey Dave, look. And I'll look, they'll be, while they're waiting for their food, they'll walk around the restaurant, take pictures of the pictures that are on the wall with their cell phones. Yeah, it's different. And they, they uh, they, my daughter, my son, dad, somebody wants to talk to you. Dad, somebody. This goes on, I'm not even lying to you, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day. Because you're bringing up memories in yeah. their head, and they're wondering, like, hey, why well, they, do you have that? They want to know what your thought exactly, process they, what was. Is a, what made you, like, you go into a restaurant, you go somewhere, you go into a spot. Everything's sports, you know. And I do got sports hanging on the wall. But I have one wall with all 1960s, 1970s TV shows. And they're like, what made you? And the crazy part about it is when I was talking to my wife, I told her what I wanted to do. She says, do what you want to do. And I told her, I says, if we ever make it big, 
I said, it's not only going to be for our food and our personality, but it's going to be for the wall that I put in that place with the pictures on the wall. And she's like, yeah, and everybody talks about it. I even do trivia with the wall with the customers that come in, like when, they, like when we get real busy. I'll go out there, and I, I, what I do is I make up $5 gift cards. Do you have any of these shows playing on a TV? No. That I don't have. Uh, my sons, like, we're all into sports, football, baseball. So you got sports on So we got sports on constantly because my, my kids are there. Yeah. So they, they got the remotes. They're, they're, everything on the TV is sports. But, uh, no, we don't have none of the TV shows playing. I, I would, but... Dad, you got to put this on. You gotta, you know, you're, you're making me want to. And my buddy Phil Rizzo, like I said, his father owned Boardwalk Hot Dog, which right. was in Brick. He's gonna he's gonna hear about this, and he's I'm gonna bring him tomorrow. He's gonna be very excited. Yeah, you two will definitely get along. You two Italians talking too much with your It's hands. great, man. I love it. I, that's what I said. I, I'm more of a person. Listen, if you're gonna walk in my restaurant with a frown, or if you're in a bad mood, if my food don't get you in a good mood, I'm gonna get you in a good mood because I come out. I actually come out of the office. My kids think I'm nuts. And I'll start, I talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I get people now, customers that I don't even know that invite me to their houses for barbecues mm -hmm. that I don't even know. I'll go home, listen, we're going to a barbecue. We got this. And she's like, who are these people? I don't know, they're customers. Well, they're your friends. You, yeah, you develop friendships. I became good friends with yeah. them, you know, and they talk, I talk to them. I'll sit at the table with them. I'll ask them, you mind if I sit down? And then when so I'm you're going, not that restaurant owner that gets mad when you're busy? No. No, not at all. Oh, in. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it when, when the place is packed because <clears throat> I'll go out there and, like I said, I do trivia and I'll ask them if you could tell me the name of this movie, you got a $5 gift card coming your way. There'll be a table full of people and everybody's raising their hand. I'll say, no, 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 here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start with you. If you don't know it, I'll go. My goal is to give them that gift card. So yeah. even if they don't get it, yeah. you're getting the gift card. Well, you're engaging them. That experience you're bringing right. to them. And they like it. 100%. They like it. You know what I mean? And like I said, I go out to places to eat with my wife. I never in a million years ever seen an owner of a place actually. All right, yeah, you might see them walk by, hello. But I actually go out and introduce myself. My kids are like, Dad, you know them? And I'm like, no. I have to give Chris from Fratello's. He's a client of mine. I have to give him credit. Right in Seagirt over where you were at the academy. Chris used to own uh, the bar up here on the water. It's now Pig and the Parrot. It used to be called the Sandbar and Fratello's. And Chris has now been doing the bar business a long time. He's got young children, so he has a manager in there now. But one of the best compliments I've ever given to Chris is your ability to understand all your customers. You know when their kids are going right. to college. You know when someone passed in the, in the family. Mm -hmm. You always come up and make them feel special. I think you, know, you could have subpar food, but someone buys you the owner. Right. I literally had a, a post that I did on Instagram this week about that. People buy you. Right. The product is secondary. Yeah, that's right? what it, it is. You're it's right. the people. No, and you're, right. you're somebody, you know, just chatting back here quickly. It was an hour went by. We're just blabbing away. Yeah. You know, you, you enjoy it. You have a natural gift I enjoy. I enjoy conversating with the people and stuff like that. I, I really enjoy that. I tell my kids the same thing. Like they're working because my son John and my daughter Nicole basically work the front. They serve the tables and everything like that. And I always told my kids, even growing up when they were small, I said, you treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, don't judge nobody because you don't know what's going on in their lives. Yep. You know, everybody's got their own problems. Don't ever judge anybody. Treat people with respect and you'll get it back. And uh, my daughter's like that, but you're so open with people. And I was like, the way I talk to my customers, like if you came in my place and, and you sat down. We're like family now. <laughs> yeah, I, you're gonna, I'm going to talk to you like I know you for years. Yeah. And you, your, your buddy's going to look and say, you're not, I don't know who the hell he is. You know what I mean? That's how I am. That's how I, you know. I'm very similar. 
and I, I make so many friends, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, and the customers come in, and this is no lie, they'll come in to eat, and they'll tell my daughter or my son, please go get your father, and they're like, Dad, you get some, they want to talk to you, I'll go out there, I'll say, hey, how you doing, what's up? I shake the hand, we just wanted to say hi. Yeah. You know, and that means a lot. It, it means, means a lot, lot to them, because, too, that you, you go know, and do it. It's great, because you don't see that nowhere. You don't see it nowhere. And I, and the way I made my place, I made my place to where, you know, I want people to stay. I want people to feel at home. I want that homey feel. Yeah. So, and, it, and it, it worked, because we get people that come in that will actually come to the counter and order food to go. Mm -hmm. And while they're waiting for their food to cook, my daughter or my son will come back and say, Dad, it ain't to go no more. They're staying. Yeah. I'll go out and ask them, you know, how was everything? They says, this place is amazing. The place is beautiful. They Listen, I, I so got, I'm, I'm going to get in there tomorrow. If not, so maybe maybe Saturday. I'll Saturday. I'm there tomorrow. I'm there Saturday. I'm there this Sunday. I'm there Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, my son Anthony, my daughter Nicole, my son John run the show. Sonny's, you yeah. did it for your pops. Yeah, did it for my dad, you know, and he's looking down. I got a picture of him hanging over there. I even got his wall. He has his own mafia wall. I like that. Sitting over there. And I had a customer come in and says to me, listen, because I have a wall with all like mafia and stuff on it and stuff like that, you know, it's really nice. He says to me, can, can, I, uh, can I make you a picture? I said, make me a picture. He says, yeah, I want to make a picture. He says, uh, can I make you a picture? I said, yeah, you want to make me, yeah. You come in, because I get people that give me stuff that I hang on the walls, you know. If you come in and give me a picture of you, I'll put you on the wall. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll put any, and I tell people, I got Ted, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the terrible, terrible towels. I'm not a Steeler fan. Yeah. I, hang, I hang anything up. You want to give it to me, it's going on the wall. So this guy comes in, he says, listen, he goes, I want to, I want to paint. He goes, I paint, and I want to paint you a picture. All right, no problem. He says, uh, you know, how did you come up with the name Sonny? So I told him. He says, do you have a picture of your father? So there's a picture of him right on the wall. So he went over and took a picture of the picture. So he was leaving. He comes back in. He says, can I grab a picture of you? I said, yeah, sure. He goes, just sit down at the table. So he, he took a picture of me. And uh, about three weeks later, he comes in with this painting. It's about three and a half feet high and about maybe seven feet long of this painting of the Last Supper with all mafia guys in it. And my dad is sitting in the middle. And I'm behind him. And he put me in the picture and he put my dad in the picture. John Gotti, Al Pacino, Robert That's De Niro, cool. they're all in there and it's hanging on my wall. And everybody comes in and says, where did you get that from? I says, a customer came in, he said he wanted to paint me a picture and he painted me the picture. You inspired him. Those, those people who, are, yeah. who have that art ability, that creative ability. I had another guy they, make me a Something inspires them, they, they got to run with it. That's what it is. I had another guy make me a surfboard. He made me a surfboard. He goes, can I make you a surfboard? I said, I don't surf. He says, no, I'm going to make you a surfboard to hang on your wall. Well, just so you know, you're going to get something Fireside America now. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I so hang everything on my wall. Everything. It. I do fundraisers. And we do fundraisers all the time. Matter of fact, we're doing another one next week. And we just did one last week. And they brought pictures in to, to advertise for their fundraiser. They put them on the counter, you know. And they wind up giving me the pictures. They said, you know what? You take the pictures. Put them on your wall. I put them on my wall. I had a gentleman that comes in there. Three times a week with a bottle of wine, I, a BYOB. Comes in with a bottle of wine all the time. We make great seafood, too. And his wife always gets the flounder filet. And um, he brought in pictures of him with Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, I had no idea, was from uh, yeah. Neptune, I believe. Yep. And he went to high school with him. So I have a picture of him 
with Danny DeVito on my wall. I got three pictures of him and with Danny. How much is Phil going to love this place? You know who else was in there? Came to see me, Big Pussy. That's all. From awesome. the Sopranos. Had no idea it was him because he came in with a baseball cap and sunglasses. He's hiding. And meanwhile, I have all these Sopranos. This is was crazy. He had all these Soprano pictures on the wall. I'm behind the counter. He comes walking in with another guy. I had no idea who was his. He ordered, I still remember, he ordered a hot dog with mustard and relish and a cup of coffee. And with, uh, the other guy ordered, with, I don't know what the other guy ordered. So the guy came up to pay for the food. And he says to me, you know, you know who that is? Now, meanwhile, I'm looking at the guy. I says, who, 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 what is who? He says, the guy behind me. Now, he's up looking at the pictures on the wall. So I said, I don't know, who, who is he? You know, I don't even know who these people are. So he says to me, turn around and take your hat and sunglasses off. So he turns around, he takes his hat, and it's big pussy. I'm like, holy fuck. So I ran around the counter, and I'm hugging him. So he says to me, one, two, three. He goes, you got seven soprano pictures on the wall and not one of me. He goes, I'm not in none of them. I'm like, yes, you are. Now, in my, I thought he really was. I'm like, wait a minute, I got it. And I'm looking all around, and I didn't have one. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have one picture of him in the front. Now, he was one of my favorite actors when The Sopranos were on, Big Pussy. You know, and I was like, holy shit. He says, all right, here's what we're going to do. You know, and usually when people tell you something, they say, like, yeah, okay, I'll see you again. He says, I'm doing a, I'm performing at the Stone Pony. And I looked at him, I said, performing at the Stone Pony? He goes, I sing. He goes, I do like Frank Sinatra, D. Martin, and all this stuff. He says, I'm going to be back next week. I'm bringing pictures in. He says, I'm going to autograph them for you. Put them on your wall. I said, all right. So I shook his hand and everything. He took a picture of me. I put it on Facebook and everything. I said to my daughter, she, she has no idea who he was. So I told her. She says, Dad, you think you're going to see him again? I said, nah, probably not. Sure enough, next Saturday, he comes back in my place with three pictures in an envelope. Came back in the same way, took the glasses and the hat off. Took the pictures out of the envelope. He signed them. He goes, I apologize. I don't have frames. I says, listen, you don't have to frame them. I'll frame them. He signed all three of them. I put them in frames. I hung them back on the wall. The following week, he came back in to look to make sure they were up. That's awesome. And, yeah, so he, he was actually in there, the big pussy. That's awesome. You know, but, yeah, Vincent Pastor. People do that for you, just yeah. so you know. You're, 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 you're yeah. special. You know? And, and, and it, you know, I'm waiting for Bruce Springsteen to come walking in. I have a ton of pictures of Bruce. I have a couple of pictures of Bon Jovi. I'm from Sayreville. They've been going to you Jersey know. Freeze ice cream over there in Freehold, so. Yeah, I heard he goes there. I yeah. heard he goes there, you know. I says, uh, I would love to have him walk through the door. I said, hey, you know, any, anything's possible, you know? You never know. I, I even have a Springsteen dog. Listen. I have a Springsteen <laughs> hot dog. I mean, I named one after him. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of our hot dogs on our grill, we named after the Antonio dog, the Nicky dog, the Big Johnny, the Double D, me, because I eat two hot dogs on a bun. You need a Double R dog. Double R. You got Ryan it. Ryan Robbins. I even got, I even got the, uh, the Nick Williams dog. He's the mayor of Neptune. I like it. <laughs> he came in one day. To eat, this is another crazy Hot dogs and eggs, dude. That's my Hot thing. Hot dogs and eggs, good. I know. You're right. He comes in one day to eat this guy, and uh, he's looking at my father's picture. And he says to me, he says, you know that guy? I said, that's my dad. He goes, that's Blackie. When they call him Blackie, I know what they, you know, he goes, that's Blackie. I said, yeah, that was my dad. So he goes, I worked for your father for 17 years in Jersey City. No shit. And I hugged him, you know, because he knew my dad. The yeah. closest thing to my, Small so I hug. hugged him. I says, oh, my God, are you serious? He goes, oh, I got a lot of stories about your father, you know. So he wound up becoming a good friend of mine. And a matter of fact, I'm doing a catering job for him on Saturday. That's awesome. He called me up. He wants to cater. So he's been coming in all the time, you know. So a lot of good people. I met a lot of good you got people. A, you got a good thing going on, and yeah. I'm going to get over there, and I'm going to support you however we can. I got to round this down so we don't go right. too far over the time. 
I appreciate your story. Yeah. Um, I love telling it, man. Well, I love. No, it, you, you, know? you, you, you're passionate about it, and yeah. and you, it, you obviously it brings joy to you, your family, mm -hmm. and I wish you nothing but the best. And Thank I'll you. try to support however I can. So, cheers again with our yes. waters. Thank you. Thank I you for coming everything. and telling the story. Anytime. Thank you. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to learn more about it, check out the links below.